Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Welcome to this episode number 449 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. With us, as always, and as gratefully, is Florence Ion. Hey, ho, Flo. Andy, I got to ask you something. Hello, Please. by the way. Um, I mean, we've we've been saying hello, so. <laughs> but you realize that our next episode could be used as a reason to partake in eating. True. And I've been really thinking about you because <laughs> I got to I got to tell you something, okay? Forgive me. I we kind of went and restructured a little bit in the pantry, like threw out some things that were expiring, you know, and then we went to um went to a new grocery store uh, which I will not name because I found out that they've been union busting. Uh, <laughs> um and uh when we came back, I was putting the food away and I found a Tony's Chocolate Lonely bar <laughs> next to a Hershey's bar that my husband had stowed away in the back for s'mores. So he likes to use that brand for his s'mores because Luxury. it's like a nice, nice. yeah, it's, it's a, a very luxurious chocolate. Yeah, exactly. It is very like chunky. So I was just thinking we should talk after recording about you know if we want to go i was also looking on amazon which talk about union busting okay <laughs> yes okay but just forgive me um i was looking at amazon and i saw that for prime we could get tony's bars i mean our towns would still get taxes because amazon does have to pay taxes now yes. you do have to pay taxes to these towns so we would still be supporting the local economy Mm. but Did i'm you, just saying it's i i i don't the the, the uh, for me amazon amazon is one of those complicated questions because uh the union busting is bad how they treat their workers is bad uh what they do to try to control and get into markets is bad we also have to acknowledge that they provide a a service without which a lot of people would not be able to get by. And we're not just talking about people who just, oh, I don't want to, I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to go to drive all the way across town to get this thing where they can deliver it for, 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 for me for free right. at the end of the day. Some people, like, they can't do their shopping in a traditional way. And it, Amazon basically puts whatever it is you need, we will deliver to We will deliver it right. to you. Um, and also, uh, and also i will admit that there's so many times where it's like the it's the difference between settling for settling for something that's almost the right thing at a local store and getting exactly the right thing it's it's yeah. the it's the difference between like okay well they don't have pants they they don't have jeans in exactly my size but i can i suppose i can get them in a little bit too long and then just have them hemmed and oh no i can take them out of the package and put them on and go out that night shoe shoes particularly it's like the the first the first time in this is this is one of those things that i'm not sure that uh probably not millennials but definitely gen z doesn't understand that there was a time where like when you went to when i was a kid uh going going out for going out to get like new sneakers or whatever 
you had to get whatever was at that store. And there was maybe two stores that had that had sneakers, okay? Yeah, this definitely wasn't my... Because we had all the big box stores that right. brought them in in mass. Yeah, so right. there was always my size. But 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 even so, even so, it's like, okay, do I get the do I get the pair that's a little too tight or uh, or do I get the pair that fits well but like it's they're a little bit too long. Like I I I have like a uh, it wasn't until like young adulthood that I realized that oh, the reason why like all my shoes fit like crap is because like I actually the, the actual width uh, the actual actual shoe size is whatever like in an E like an uh, extra wide. Mm. And so the ability to simply say I like that style of sneaker like, okay, I will get it in the exact size. That I, the first time I looked down upon my freshly shod feet and saw, like, not, like, you know, like, an inch and a half of, like, dead air <laughs> extending from my toes to the end of the sneaker. And it's like, I'm not I'm not tripping over, like, every fourth, like, uneven piece of pavement because I got this flap of, like, right, extra right. rubber. It's like, you know what? I kind of like internet shopping. I'm I'm upset about the effect on local businesses, but I kind of like the fact that I can get the shoes I want. At Amazon, exactly you can right go side. and you can get exactly the size that you're looking for. If you have a wide foot, if you have a narrow foot, yeah. I know I, which is why I I thought about looking there for us to get chocolate on opposite sides of the country. Yeah, that would that would be nice. I might I might do I might Let's, do. Some, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I might I, I might do some baking because I've been doing I've. I've been doing like I've been trying to be better about inventorying my refrigerator, and I know that I have milk. That there, there, there are many times where it's like, okay, guess the new rule is we don't throw out like more than this much milk. So, so we've got to have to bake with it. We're going to have to find something to do with it before like it needs to be thrown. Are out. Are you not a milk in your beverage person? I am not. Because that's how I go. Yeah, because that's how yeah. I will go through it. Because I love milk and tea. I love milk yeah. and coffee. Like, mm. as a matter of fact, I switch. I switch. Cereal. I switch. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I okay. So I I switched from like milk to buttermilk strictly because like buttermilk has like, a longer expiration time, and the only yes. times I was ever really using milk was to like cook or bake with. Right, and oh my god, the consistency of buttermilk is perfect for that. Yeah, I, I've. That's that's another thing I learned way too late in life that like the the flavor of like pancakes with butter like actual not like buttermilk powdered whatever biscuit whatever yes but like yes. when you actually bake whatever it is with buttermilk it's just better so I, so I still so I still have like some <sighs> buttermilk that I'm gonna have to use the next like five days and I might like bake like a lot of brownies or something I don't know oh wow that sounds decadent especially especially when you tart them up i use the box mix but i i, I do the trick where like let's use butter yeah, nobody, of, yeah you don't exactly yeah. you don't you don't have to start from scratch yeah exactly so oh i'm sorry to, to people who are like wait but how do you tart up box box mix uh add, i add an extra egg because i like the cake i like the cakier uh text consistency um i use buttermilk instead of water and actual butter instead of oil Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Very, very simple things, but it's like you got to oh. judge up the ingredients they put on the box, basically. Yes. Also, Gosh. also, I have instead of an like an eight by eight pan, I have like lots of like little little loaf pans. So like I'm basically doing the same acreage little brownie loaves, little brownie loaves, but with like every every serving is like and it, like all edges are are edge pieces. Someday, Andy. Um, someday, I I hope to have a zine. <laughs> like a zine distribution situation and i would love for you to contribute a zine about the decadent things that you've made for yourself 
it's it, you know because I feel like you should you should share that because because uh, that's a beautiful form of self care that we do not talk about. <laughs> no, in all no, sincerity, no, cooking for yourself, it. right? Yes, yes, I know you get it. It it, it does depend though, because like part of it is like uh, more than once I've cooked an entire Thanksgiving dinner just for myself. Yes, and that is yes. wonderful of of two days of just focusing on I want to enjoy eating the entire day nothing but like snacks and mains and sides and desserts that i really like and putting some love into something that will is only self-directed that's 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 actually quite nice the prop but you know you know what the, the what the real problem is it's like okay so i can either here's what I, I can either cook x y and z here's a meal that i could plan out for myself that'll cost me maybe 18 to 20 dollars in ingredients or I could get really good takeout. Like I get a really good burrito and a side and like a bottle of like real cane sugar Coke and maybe spend a dollar. Oh, that sounds two- satisfying. Yeah. Maybe spend a dollar or two more and not have to clean up anything. So when it comes to self-care, this, this is why living in this neighborhood is again, so tempting because uh, I'm real. I'm really, really strict and deliberate and good with myself about not just simply saying, eh, "I don't feel like cooking tonight." I know I'll have a, uh-huh. I'll have a giant yeah. meatball sub from next door, but nonetheless, it means that when you really are, I just want to enjoy my Friday night. I want to have a dinner that I really, really like. I don't want to have to like make a long commute to a restaurant and sit down and eat someplace. I don't want to have to like do a whole lot of cooking. Yeah. It's like I make a phone call. Thirty minutes later, I'm picking up like a double patty bacon cheeseburger with an extra helping of fries and at the at the at, at one of the nicer restaurants a really nice big hunk of cake <laughs> see this is like the nice little joys of life andy gets it and i love to talk to andy about it because i feel i feel like we have to we have to normalize some of the nice simple things like eating a patty of some sort apologies to the vegetarians <laughs> out there Black bean you know, patty could be are also very nice. I do like a good black bean patty. I like a good well-made veggie patty. Um, sometimes, sometimes as a family, we'll go out in the Subaru and we'll go get three helpings of fries, <laughs> and we'll just sit in the car with the sunroof open, nice, and share fries. You know, and like that's quite anyway. Funny. Yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> I, I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this this morning about how like oh god, it's like. So we're recording this on on January thirty first, where mm-hmm. we can. It's been a long month. <laughs> it's been a long month, and this and this is I don't know what it's what it's like in in Northern California, but in New England, it's like this is usually the among the tougher parts of the year to get through, because it's our our rainy season. So our yeah. rain has come in. It's been not super foggy, so like I can't really see anything. So it's kind of eerie and strangely isolating because i cannot spy on any neighbors i can't see anything yeah. it's fogged out <laughs> yeah and 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 over here like the because of the because of the winters it it becomes like uh, i need i i need to have daylight come daylight lasts i understand longer. that too after living in san francisco for 10 years yeah. yes yeah. you start you start <laughs> to add things to like your your daily reminders which is that go outside Sit outside and face the sun for a good thirty minutes. You will Sometimes feel better. Sometimes I just afterward. open the window and throw my head out. I'm just like, <laughs> like a dog, like you know, dog leaning its head out the window. You know, yeah. just like hit me, hair, just yep. hit me, wake me up. Mm. So, so yeah, there, there is, there is a certain aspect of 
leading a healthy life that involves being your own caretaker. And mm-hmm. that, and and I know that, that can go that can go overboard about saying that hey I'm going to just treat myself to a half gallon ice cream today. When was the last time I treated myself? And someone is saying the last time you treated yourself was probably this morning when you decided to detour to Dunkin' Donuts and get two donuts and an 800 calorie uh, brewed beverage. Also saying when was the last time you treated? But but there was there's also the okay you know what it's the end of January it's the beginning of February like. It's where we are. It, it, this is, it is no longer, it is, is not the holiday season anymore to get you through. Like it's, it gets dark so early. That's the other thing. Yeah. The indulgence is harder to justify, but also like, I understand. I, I love to get myself a treat on payday. Okay. I love to just go all out on a treat. I try to include the family on it as well. So, yeah. so I don't feel <laughs> bad about, about it. Uh, but there's a difference between that and some there have been a couple of times where I've stopped myself and like, do I want to go get that treat because I'm treating myself or do I want it because I'm looking for an easy dopamine <laughs> rush that I can get from, you know, tasting this, like inhaling it? Sorry, everyone, because it's January. I've actually, you know. I've actually been in some, you know, I've been in my head, right, about mm-hmm. habits and things and how I want to structure the year. And January is kind of when you slow down to think about it because it's very cold. And so I've been thinking a lot about that. Yeah. Am I going through the McDonald's drive through because, because it's just the thing that's going to make the day, you know? <laughs> or am I going because... <laughs> yeah. I need the salt and then I immediately need yeah. the sugar. No, I, I, oh my God. It yeah. tastes so good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I have to, I have to say that I didn't make this a new year's resolution because I don't believe in that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you can, you can start a, a good habit or Same. a new practice any day. So you may as well start it any day you want. Um, but I've, I've been doing a little bit better with like, uh, savoring certain treats. Yes. Like, yes. So like, so I've been like, um, Recently, I kind of went to, because uh, I still I still can't get like my ADHD meds like on a regular basis. So it's like, okay, you know what? We're gonna try caffeine just because we re- we read some papers that say that that's not like a not like a, a substitute for ADHD meds, but it can be helpful. But and, and, yeah, exactly. So that's so, okay. Guess what? The whatever whatever limits we have on like caffeinated sodas, like diet, diet Coke, diet. Diet Dr Pepper. That's off for the temporarily. That's off. Whenever if you whenever you want to go mm-hmm. like to to the to the neighborhood store that has refrigerated two liter bottles of, of of Diet Coke at the same price as the grocery store sells them more up the street. Go ahead and get it. That's just that's just fine. Now I'm trying to like I'm trying to treat like anything that like tastes really good. Trying to save savor that as a treat. And so now I just drink like one or two like 12 i i have these adorable little glasses i didn't mean to make it sound that way but i have these glasses that are, are these, they glass they're glass they are the exact okay, okay. they're the shape and exact shape size and decor of like a coke can except like embossed glass so oh so basically i can decant like a can of mm-hmm, soda mm-hmm. it's a and 12 ounces really is kind of the perfect amount i used to see the thing is i would have like the I agree. like the the uh, the 
that wasn't a 32 ounce tumbler, but like more like a 16 ounce, maybe 20 mm -hmm. ounce tumbler that I wouldn't necessarily like shotgun 20 ounces, you know, 24 ounces of this at a time, but it would be like, I would drink half of it like with lunch and then sip the rest of it over an, over an hour. Now it's like, I'm going to take a small sip of this from this glass can, try to make the glass can last a good half hour, hold it in my mouth, enjoy it, like enjoy the flavor of it. I actually bought a – now, the the times when I treat myself are when I go shopping, I usually will allow myself one treat. And, of course. And I decided to – the experience. Exactly. Well, it's like also because, you know, I have, to, I have to walk. I don't have to, but I usually do because it's not that far away. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be carrying like 30 pounds of stuff like 40 pounds of stuff like on my back like on the on, on the way home so it's like so it feels like okay you know what you you went out there you did the thing you you, you got good exercise guess what you can you can have one of those two dollar chocolate cupcakes or hopefully like one of those half price pastries that from the bakery that they put in the half price aisle but so another thing i tried i i, I unusually i bought a bag of like shortbread cookies and once again, I decide, and the thing is, I don't buy those things because I tend to inhale them, like, or at least like when I go past the kitchen, I might like detour, grab like three of them and like munch them. And one of them's gone by the time I get back to the office and they're all gone by like five or 10 minutes. And that's a good way to lose like an entire bag of these cookies, like in one day. Uh, but I just, see, I tried this experiment where what if we put this in like, uh, this vintage canister that I got a long time ago. Even though it doesn't fill the fill the canister up, what if like I, there's a there's a ceremony where I have to get the canister from the top of the fridge, pop open the top, rummage through, get them that that sort of thing, and so I've been eating them one at a time, and because the portion is now one, it's like I will eat it in like eight nibbles. I'm not sure if this this habit's going to last, but if it means that I can now allow myself to like like imagine like one like marble sized like chunk. And that they have they have to be really good tasty cookies too. They can't be like garbage cookies. I'm mimicking, I'm pantomiming how you would eat a cookie, I feel like, and I'm trying to understand how you could even get eight bites because I would just shove it in my mouth. Yeah, I'm see that's what again, that's what I used to I would that's what I used to do. See what what I'm what I'm doing is I'm trading like well, what if you like actually made that bag of cookies last an entire week? Like what if like almost any time you really wanted a cookie, there was going to be a cookie available. I to tried you? that with the chocolate, the dark chocolate covered pretzels from Trader Joe's, uh, and I just went and I grabbed two more before we started podcasting because yeah. I was like, I'm going to go podcast. I need a little caffeine boost. It's not yeah. coffee. Well, chocolate covered pretzels—that's not a fair fight. <laughs> it's <laughs> it really isn't. It's not. It's not. But I try not to. I don't know. I just. I just. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying I'm really thankful that we get to have this life, right? And so I'm trying to enjoy some of these little littler simpler things like the dark chocolate covered pretzels that I'm trying not to overbuy. Yeah. Cuz that's like the worst thing you can do is when you get obsessed with something and then you overbuy it and then you end up <laughs> kind of hating it. Yeah, that's yeah, that, too much of it. <laughs> that that is a difficulty. But anyway, so so those are some of the things that are getting me through like getting me through like the long long it's february lasts almost three months so it kind of feels like so these are the things that are kind of helping me get through it and i oh and it's a leap year too by the way so we're getting another extra day in february yeah so there's a little bit more dragging to come so Ugh. you have your diet dr pepper and i will have well, I have my things. <laughs> they might be chocolate covered. They might have pretzels inside them. They might have both. 
who knows? So we got so we got a lot of lot of stuff to talk about today. Uh, the uh, Google's quarterly earnings call was on Tuesday. Uh, some interest some interesting information came out there. So we're going to be having a conversation about that as usual. There's news about an important uh, Google internal AI ethics team. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> uh, and a couple other stories that we're going to get to as time permits. All that after this break. Well, it's the most wonderful, wonderful time of the year, the time of an, of earnings calls all across this great tech industry of ours, where CEOs nervously try to tell, try to explain the things that they're legally required to explain to investors while hoping to God that nothing comes up during the Q&A that they can't evade. <laughs> um, alpha, uh, Sorry, I laugh so deeply, okay? It's just because this morning I woke up and... The first thing my husband says is, wow, Zuck looks so good at his hearing this morning. <laughs> he looks like he just got back from Kauai with his meat cows. Yeah. He really did look so good. Anyway, I'm sorry to laugh so gutturally, but that's that's just the image right now I have in my head when anybody says earnings calls for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. There was, a, there was a, for those who aren't aware, there was a big, big, big Senate hearing today uh, in which we, we've this is not the not by any means the first time that the CEOs of social media companies have been dragged in front of right, uh, right. Senate committees to talk about to explain what the hell they're doing. <laughs> in this case, what the hell they're doing to like teenage kids and and younger than teenagers. Uh, Zuckerberg, it was we we won't get into the huge distraction, but no, no, there, no. The, sorry, apologies, he, he, apologies. I, but, I, but I, I get I get what he was saying uh, that he, he he seemed to he seemed to be uh, to be growing his hair out. He seemed to be a little bit more tan than usual for someone who's okay. Who's, I just want to make sure who, that it who, wasn't who, just us who, who wakeboards that. wearing clown white makeup. He looked a little I don't know. Okay, I wanted to just make sure everybody was on the same page, saying the same things. So thank you, Andy. Apologies <laughs> for the digression, everyone. No problem. But it was it was hard. Yeah, not to miss. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, there. So I, I'm sure. I'm sure Google and Alphabet kind of appreciated the digression because it it wasn't a great earnings call. I mean, there was no. It was nothing disastrous. But as we know, as as those of us who are like tech journalists but not financial business journalists know, are are befuddled by. It's like a huge company can have a pretty solid quarter, but if you are if you have the temerity not to have your numbers come out exactly like what analysts predicted they would be or better, they will punish you by saying, oh, well, he they failed. We were expecting you to make more money. You didn't. Like, yeah, but I it's like an ambulance driver saying, actually, I saved the lives of like eight people. Yeah, but we were kind of hoping you were going to be doing 10. So it's like you it's almost like you killed ten, two people, Kyle. What was that, what was that all about? Jeez. I mean, I'm. I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm neither a financial analyst nor an ambulance driver. Uh but so uh overall the call itself Sorry to laugh so hard everyone. Yeah. I'm just in a dark mood tonight. Oh, then I'm glad you're laughing. Uh, <laughs> okay. So yeah, so the the no nobody had a whole lot to say. There are a couple little details uh but otherwise mostly Sundar Pichai and the other execs just repeated like the familiar koans like the the, the bingo card about mm -hmm. ai is the opportunity unparalleled in our history google cloud oh my god it's doing so great we're so proud of it uh, a smattering Drink of this liquid it'll make you lose 20 pounds in 30 days <laughs> yes um the usual smattering of shout outs to specific recent products like the new pixel like sort of, um 
making invest. Oh, another important thing that they have been doing every single quarter, trying to make investors less nervous about the over billion dollars they spent to get NFL Sunday ticket for YouTube TV. So every quarter it's like, Oh, we're really, we're seeing numbers that really make us happy. It's a long-term investment to bring blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it's still a lot of money. And there's a reason why direct TV like didn't want to buy those rights back. Um, and also <laughs> quote, we remain committed to our framework to durably re-engineer our cost base as we invest to support our growth priorities, unquote, IE firing lots of people and other moves like that. Uh, the highlights of numeric i again i'm not we're not financial people so we basically look for things that are kind of related to tech news and some of them come come out here the google one their subscription service is about to cross 100 million subscribers good for them um their whole subscription business is making now 15 billion dollars annually um interestingly and this came out in the q a i think uh, driven primarily by substantial growth in subscribers for our youtube subscription offerings so it's not as though google one is making the lion's share of uh, of their subscription like money or subscribers it's uh, it's really is about youtube still driving everything traditional thing uh google cloud yay hoorays made made 864 million dollars in quarter in the fourth quarter this after like last year where we would spend every time saying oh how much money it's a success they only lost half a billion dollars this quarter um but ars technica uh, points out that that's not that's again good news for google cloud it's making it's ma it's making good bank it was clearly like a good investment but they're like kind of storm it, it's not as it's not as good news as you might think they're saying they they point out mm -hmm. that google cloud is still far behind amazon web servers uh, amazon web services and microsoft azure uh they have like something like 10 percent of the market with uh, amazon and microsoft uh above 30 percent uh microsoft cloud computing's unit is also, also concerningly, they're showing much higher growth than any of those three, thanks to OpenAI. So you might wonder, well, Google, you started for offering like AI services through your cloud cloud computing services. Why aren't you posting these big gains? Uh, so maybe that's something to look out for now that Gemini is rolling out. Let's see if people are picking up. Uh, Sundar did say in the Q and A. Uh, that uh, greater than 70 per I don't sure not sure exactly what this means but so I cut and pasted it greater than 70 percent of generative AI unicorns are using Google Cloud Take what? I exactly I'm guessing what kind of jargon baloney is that sir yeah that's that's, that's definitely most that's, jargon baloney I've ever heard from yeah our dear Mr. Pachai that that's not as that's not quite as bad as like when Twitter makes up a brand new unheard of metric to explain why they're not losing, in fact, advertisers left and right under Elon Musk's uh, leadership. But it has the same sort of scent as you pass by kind the of open a, door. Yeah. A bummer. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Um, hiring and firings headlined a lot of the press stories about the call. Yeah. Um, yeah. Google spent uh, $2.1 billion uh, on firings in 2023. Uh, plus, uh, sorry, 2023, yes, plus $1.2 billion, uh, quote, in connection with actions to optimize our global office space, unquote. So that was part, so part of that was, hey, we got a whole lot, bunch of office space that we don't need anymore, or we're not going to use anymore, so we got to settle, like, those deals. Um, also, while they fired 12,000 people in January alone, that was, like, the, the big cut, their overall headcount in 2023 was reduced only by about 8,000 jobs, so they're still hiring a lot as well as firing. Uh, again, in the Q&A, uh, the uh, CFO uh, was saying there's, quote, much slower 
place of hiring, we will continue to invest in top technical and engineering talent. So it's as they've been saying almost every quarter, it's not so not necessarily about reducing head headcount entirely so much as reorganizing the company's division. So to make things uh, more uh, efficient, to use a word that covers up a lot of sins. Uh, Ruth Porat. Right. Ruth Porat also said in the Q and A that. Uh, as a look forward, severance-related expenses will be roughly $700 million in the first quarter of 2024. I mean, it's not a billion. <laughs> it's not a billion. So, I mean, Sundar Pichai had said earlier that, I think actually saying to, as a guidance to employees earlier, had said that, like, their, the rate of firings, you know, downsizing, whatever, reorganization-related layoffs is going to be greatly reduced. It's not going to end entirely, but like in terms of hopefully coming to the office and finding out that you and 300 of your coworkers no longer have working car key, uh, key cards, hopefully that kind of like mass layoffs is kind of over with, hopefully. Um, looking at overall scores, numbers that we understand, uh, profits are up 52%, yay, to $20.7 billion, yay. So they'll continue to sell those those cool like animated uh running dinosaur pens in the in the google store <laughs> uh however financial yeah that's where they're making it. yeah well Sorry. hey I, I i try to help wherever i can again i'm I, i'm gonna make this uh, my pixel 6 pro last another couple of years but maybe by kicking them like 11 dollars for a pen i'm still helping to keep the burritos in the in the in the in the, in the yeah. employee lounge, uh, free floating and full of guac at no extra expense. Mm. Um, however, uh, as I said before, uh, financial reports uh, are scoring this quarter as a miss because uh, search revenue, because some of the numbers that they that these reporters were pulling out, search revenue was forty eight billion dollars, which is up 13 percent, <laughs> yay! But analysts had targeted forty forty eight point one billion dollars. Oh no, they missed by $0.1 billion, which, okay, it's $100 million, but again. Uh, operating margin was 27%, and analysts were looking for 28%. So as a result of all that, shares were down 5% on Tuesday uh, after uh, after the uh, the earnings call. Um, broadly speaking, most of these financial reporters were mostly blaming these kind of downturns, not necessarily on what Google wasn't, or wasn't doing, but continued conservatism in ad buyers. So the, the the advertising market, they're still like being a little bit, a lot more conservative about their ad buys. Ask us how we know. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and Alphabet is seen in the long run as needing to improve profit margins as a way to kind of offset all the funding that they're, all the money they're spending on AI projects and businesses as they spin up, like Google Cloud. They're they have to they're spinning up before they make a lot of money, and particularly all this Gemini stuff. If they're gonna uh, if all the good stuff is not going to be done on device, that costs a lot of money to operate, and so hopefully they can for 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 the for, to 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 make sure that endless hearts are not defibrillating, they can hopefully find a way to like save some money while they wait for all that stuff to start to go into the black. I guess. At what point, though, does the rest of the world start to catch on that this is just that this that this is what's happening? Because it's happening to all of these massive companies. What point do we all just get on board and just accept the fact that like this is we're all in this together, man? Yeah, it's. I mean, to. I mean, you have you have to be fair and say that all really even companies that are not like eighty percent advertising based are not are not doing really well. 
I mean, there. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> With I, I almost fed the narrative, didn't I? They're making billions of dollars. However, their growth is not as high as investors as would like it to be. As shareholders, correct, right. would like it to be. Yes, yes. And uh, and compared to previous years, they're not doing quite so well. And very few companies are doing well in that regard. Um, so, yeah. But we go. Uh, we <laughs> sorry. So I read through to the. Read through the my, my I go right to the Q and A section of the transcript because this is where hopefully maybe some of these analysts will ask questions that they have to answer on their feed, and this is where a lot of as we uh, this is where a lot of like trivial data that we find interesting comes comes out. Um, so Sundar Pichai, uh, oh I'm sorry I, I, I'm not gonna have I, I'm not gonna go through like step by step detail but maybe a few highlights they. Again, if you if you if you've been through one of these things before, he talks about investments in AI. Uh, he actually highlighted subscriptions, mm-hmm. cloud, and once again the investments and focus to meet the growth opportunities ahead. He's had to really hammer home to investors that no, no, we I realize that there's inefficiencies in our company and we're trying to slim them down to make all you happy. They made plugs for he plugged Gemini Circle to Search, yes. which you talked about uh, in on Gizmodo and seemed to really really like. Uh, as well as Bard, good. So all those product managers might seem like, oh, good, I might be working here for another two months. That's awful, uh, awesome, rather. Sorry. Well, let's be clear that it's the user interaction that is the reason that it is taking off with me personally, because all it really is doing is highlighting a portion of the screen and directly zooming in on that, and then letting me swipe up so I can go right into Google. Yeah. It's a, I'm I'm excited to try it myself. It's, so I guess it's shipping to uh, the Pixel Eight series today. I finally got it today. Yes, nice. it finally rolled out to the div- to Pixel devices today. I should say, and I was very happy to use it. And I have to say, it was just as just as smooth on the eight gigabyte Pixel Eight. Nice. So just the Pixel Eight or the seven and the six. I haven't tried the seven and the six. Yeah. I have to be quite honest with you. I let those devices kind of go dormant right sure. after. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping uh, so. Yeah, but I haven't got I, I'm not I'm hoping, but I'm not counting on it for the Pixel 6. We'll, 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 you will we'll, be you will be our guinea pig. Yes. <laughs> and then you'll be able to say on the record how uh, it is performing. Yes. Uh, let's see. Google Cloud. Who's, he gave shout outs to some of the customers using Google Cloud's AI services to make sure that, we, that everyone's impressed that uh, they're not not just Google Cloud is successful, but also the uptake of AI services. Uh, uh, shouted out Samsung. Duh. Shutterstock, okay, and okay. Victoria's Secret, which I didn't. F- okay, if that's you would like to see, like Coca Cola, GM. <laughs> okay, Victoria's Secret. I'm. I was. I was unsure that they that Victoria's Secret is still a thing. Apparently, they are. They have pivoted towards AI. So good to them. Something tells me Victoria's Secret needed some sort of like weird stealth marketing, and that this was the way because they're not trending with. Gen Z as much as they'd like to. It's, so it seems like I and I'm I'm sorry to traumatize possibly people who are listening, but it sounds like like your mom's sexy lingerie, doesn't it? Yes, because millennials now wear the moms. It's no, uh, you're correct. Oh, okay. This is it, we, this is we we've been aging. By the way, that whole pandemic that happened five years <laughs> went by. <laughs> what <Yikes>. has changed? <laughs> anyway. Um. Back to Google. <laughs> uh, Philip Schindler's prepared, prepared comments. He's the senior vice president and chief business officer of Google. 
as usual, boasting about the AI tools provided ad customers and YouTube creators. That's he usually talks about the ad business and YouTube. Uh, YouTube, he had to say that uh, two billion two billion viewers per month, averaging seventy billion daily views. Huzzah! Um, the importance of the, the the fastest growth area in YouTube viewership being connected TVs, aka the living room. So it's going to be more important for them to make sure that people who buy one of those eighty two dollar seventy uh, five inch 4k hdr tvs on thanksgiving have a good experience one that's all loaded with ads and has roku built in uh <laughs> ruth perrett the chief financial officer said the search remains the largest contributor to revenue growth overall uh google search and other advertising revenues of 48 billion dollars again up 13 percent led again by growth in retail um, which is fine, but it does underscore that if anything that, I mean, that is the golden goose. And if anything can really make a, a painful hit, uh, towards uh, Google search, that's where they're most, most vulnerable. That's because every single quarter we hear the same thing. <sighs> Sorry. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to just breathe through that. I just no. wanted to say that that was a lot. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. That yeah. was a lot. Um, speaking of, speaking of a lot, so it's the Parade also said that they repurchased a total of $62 billion of class A and class C shares in 2023, uh, and ended the year with $111 billion in cash and marketable securities that, that can often be, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a little bit of a hippie, but like, I'm always want to, I'm always interested in how much stock a company is buying back because that is like money they could have spent on like paying their people better and retaining people and making uh, putting more mm. resources into into product cycles and upgrades mm. and so it this is uh, buybacks buybacks make uh, shareholders very very happy for a lot of reasons cuz it increases increases the value of shares uh, it it, it takes more it takes more of these collectibles high end collectibles off of the collectors market but again it's like wow that's not a small amount of money and what else could they have been doing with that and again could they have ensured that gosh there's a there's there's still like a there's still like a pay gap between genders uh in google maybe some of it could be gone to like adjusting like pay pay levels no not not in this economy andy this economy yeah. does this economy does not work with diversity and inclusion i'm so sorry your dei initiatives are going to be pushed off until the economy is better um i am of course echoing what is what feels to be the general sentiment of the business capitalist society <laughs> and i do have to say that it is interesting to have all this just like normally okay normally honestly my eyes glaze over at earnings reports okay because it's numbers and i hate numbers uh but i have been really curious about google because they've been laying off all these people we've been seeing all these features get essentially killed off and mm -hmm. are no longer supported and with all this like ai first initiative there's a lot of stuff that is getting consolidated not only to make the shareholders happy, but also to consolidate the work. So there's there's less reliance on bodies to make the thing run. And a product like the assistant doesn't need that many bodies to run it if it's already been programmed. Yeah. You know, if it already has like a base layer of programming from the assistant. So it's going to be very interesting 
ah, we are going, I, I really feel like this is how um, things are going to burst for us. Hmm. Oh, so perhaps hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> so here we go with the, uh, with the Q and a, and again, this was, this is the part where analysts get to ask questions and they have to simply answer as truthfully as possible. And honestly, as possible. Uh, I don't think this questions are screened beforehand. They definitely, the people who get called on are selected beforehand, but I don't know if they get a chance to prepare answers to the questions. Uh, so, uh, Ruth Perrett was asked about this ongoing process reallocation process of again, reorganizing things to make things tighter, streamlined, more efficient. Uh, she Basically, we're focused on removing layers to simplify execution and drive velocity, which sounds like something that a chief financial officer would say. They, uh, interestingly, though, she did mention streamlining operations across Alphabet through use of artificial intelligence. Uh, there was a story a few months ago about a lot of people in the ad division have been let go because a lot of the responsibilities were expected to be taken over by AI, uh, mm -hmm. like ad sales. Um, mm -hmm. Also, she mentioned the work we're doing, optimizing our real estate portfolio. That could mean a whole bunch of things. It's one of the things that I, I wish that maybe I, they're also building their own city of the future where there's going to be a bunker for them when the rest oh of the world <laughs> detachable from the mainland so that they can put out to sea when they can create their own. I mean, you laugh, but regions. that's literally happening in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, there's that's, I'm, yeah, there's, there's and Google does own a huge chunk of San Jose. So, yeah, yeah that, that that is that is part of of these tech companies. Also, that wait, I, hold ahead. on. Sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I just really need to make this comparison. It just really came to me. This feels like when celebrities just like buy properties and they start investing in all these side businesses because they have so much money oh, yeah. that they have to funnel because their careers are starting to slow down. Ryan Reynolds did this because he slowed down to have a family with Blake Lively. And when he was slowing down, he wasn't doing all those superhero movies, right? So he that's why he has this whole investment with like mint and everything else that he does. So now he's known as like a cool investor. So it feels like Silicon Valley might be pivoting to putting the money away in that way. Because that isn't that one thing that Google kind of lacks. It doesn't have as, as many reserves as say like Apple. No, they definitely don't. Yeah. But, yeah. But actually, just as I was going to say that I, this is one area in which I kind of wish. Thank I, you for letting me make that. No, 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 no. That, 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 that fits in perfectly because like, I don't, un I'm a tech reporter. I don't understand. I'm not a business reporter. So, uh, I'm always amazed. Or a Hollywood reporter. Or a Hollywood reporter. I don't, <laughs> I, I, I do hit that site re very regularly over the course of the day. It's, it's a temptation. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, just that like i'm always a little bit astounded at how much of the operations of apple and microsoft and google are simply financial operations they're not like they're uh -huh, one of their uh -huh. products is how do we invest not just in oh well we're gonna we're gonna need uh we're gonna need these kind of these kind of of of, of uh of ssds of in in mass quantities in five years we want to invest in like this factory no no it's like no we want to invest in this industry because we want to return on this investment we want to get and Oftentimes, whether it's a super rich celebrity, a super rich CEO, or a company, I'll oftentimes I'm a little bit stymied by like, wow, why would anybody like spend $250 million on a yacht? And part of me, like as, as much as I do understand like big finance, it's like at some point their account their accounting team said you can either spend if by the end by the end of 2026, you can spend $250 million on fees and taxes or you can spend it on some sort of a tangible asset that you on get to hold asset, on to 
on that you'd not only get to hold on to, but don't they get to write that off if they end up yeah. turning it into a business where you can like rent it out and, you know, oh my gosh, is that, is that what's happening? Yeah. I actually, I mean, and is it's this not Google's boat. Maybe. Well, also see, and it's also like to make sure that like, we're not like just, we don't want to be piling on to oligarchs. Uh, because it's like that, I, I love would, doing that. Oh, it's right, it's fun. Right. It's fun. But to, it to be fair, like this is people. this is like traditional. This is simply what happens. You 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 find out like wow. Here here's like <laughs> John Lennon. Like imagine there imagine no possessions driving around in his like highly customized Rolls Royce, and you're like, didn't that seem a little odd? Given his like, oh, I'm just an artist. I'm just a I you know hip, you know, hippie 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 peace love. Uh, and then you have explained well. Let, let, let's let's look at let's let's explain to you what the tax structure was in England in London like in the late 1960s. It's like if he didn't spend it, he's going to be at. If he doesn't spend it, he's going to be taxed on it at the rate of like 90 percent. Like at that time. So rather than say by all means, I'm happy to see 90 percent of my income go 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 towards government services uh, and, and 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 public services. He's like, yeah, but if I spend it on this really expensive hippie painted like Rolls Royce I get to keep the car and have fun with the car and it'll be fun to drive it into a hotel pool one day it will really burnish my my image as a hellraiser in my old age I mean that does sound that does sound fun driving a car to a pool I don't know why just I it sounds exhilarating I, again, I, I'm 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 sorry that Keith Moon had such an unstructured life I'm glad for all the stories that he's able to tell Kind of like, kind of like when Peter O'Toole and Richard Harris are on like Letterman, and like they're in their they're in their sixties or seventies, and they're telling stories about each other's like being young actors who just did nothing but drink and act. <laughs> so it's like I'm I'm sorry that you abused your you abused your your your, your bodies to such an extent that there were probably definable neurological repercussions in your old age <laughs> however i'm glad you got the story about about I know, right? the pub that was right next to the stage That's door so entertained <laughs> uh, uh okay so uh sodar pachai is usually the least interesting when it comes to these q a's because he is a master at evading like a direct answer to an interesting he's question yeah, exactly uh he's so he was asked a question about the evolution of the uh, of uh, the search generative experience and bard and how it will affect the evolution of traditional search and the assistant um the couple of uh, maybe interesting things uh he did he did shade towards the idea that moving of moving the google assistant to be kind of more like an agent over time uh over time we think assistant will be very complimentary and we will use generative AI there, particularly the most advanced model, and it allows us to act more like an agent over time. If I were to think about the future and maybe, you know, go beyond answers and follow through for users even more. So rather than just simply give answers, you can say, I, get, get me, get me, get me from, uh, get me from, uh, New Rochelle to Boston by the fastest route possible. And we'll book you like a train or we'll book you a plane, that kind of thing. Or I could actually tell the assistant in the car in a really, whatever, Gemini, whatever it's going to be called. I could tell them in the car, navigate me here and find me a gas station on the way. Because that's not something that you can do even. Yeah. That's still not something that you could do in the car. If you need a gas station, you still have to 
paw and touch the touch screen to get anything done. Even if you, uh, yeah, there's so much that I see that could be done with that. So I can understand why they're going to try and pivot to it completely. I just hope that this doesn't end up like when the entirety of online journalism pivoted to video. <laughs> yeah. Because that didn't end well. That did not end well. Not, 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 not for people, especially not for people who ain't pretty <laughs> like mm. me. Oh, Andy. No, that's not where that was supposed to go. Sorry. But. <laughs> um, the only other note I have about the Q&A, Sundar like, dodged the hell out of a question of the best question of the Q&A uh, was asked on uh, like how competitive AI tools are affecting Google search. Because like we said, that is like 80% of their business and most nearly all of their nearly all of their profits. And so if there are if new AI tools come out that are an alternative to people actually hitting up Google search for information. How is that going to affect things? And he gave he gave a non-answer and basically, uh, actually, I'll let him speak for himself. I think what ends up uh, mattering is a strong, continuous track record of innovation. And he's speaking about search here. Obviously, generative AI is a new tool in the arsenal, but there's a lot more that goes into search. The breadth, the depth, the diversity across verticals, the ability to follow through, getting actually access to getting getting actually access to rich, diverse sources of content on the web and putting it all together in a compelling way. Uh, okay. It's like He was asked directly, just wondering if you have seen any changes in query volumes, positive or negative, since you've seen the year evolve in more search generative experiences, and what can you do to make Google stand out versus other AI tools? So he gave a very general ex- ex- answer that was basically saying that, hey, we've been doing this like for, for a long, long, long time. We have insights into this into this operation that people don't. He, in an earlier question, he I didn't really understand how it applied to what he was what he was supposed to be answering about. But he was talking about uh, how uh, one of the things I think people underestimate about search is the breadth of search, the amount of queries we see constantly on a new day, which we haven't seen before. And so the trick here is to deliver that high quality experience across the breadth of what we see in search. And earlier he'd been like sort of, again, I don't, I don't fully understand what he was saying, but he see, I interpreted the uh, one possible interpretation of what he was saying is that the, when you do a, a search done through SGE through BARD is really, really good at a lot of these queries that the algorithm has never, ever, ever seen before because it's been pre-trained on pretty much every question that could possibly be asked, possibly. So this is this is why, again, Sundar is kind of frustrating because, again, he will take the most, oh, I'm sitting back wait, as, as a tech reporter saying, oh, I hope he gives even the slightest bit of usable information in result in answer this question, and he will just find a way to Oh, he will f- make that rabbit disappear from the hat, <laughs> even though you can hear the crunching of the carrots inside it. Terrible, terrible comparison, but it's late. <laughs> just, uh, I just, Google's is feeling more like, I'm sorry to say this. It's feeling more like Facebook. <laughs> and I'm talking about Facebook pre-meta. It's just okay. feeling very, it's just feeling very, uh, oh my gosh, what is the word? It is feeling very, hmm, when you are just kind of trying to get everybody off your trail is what is, I, I want a word that describes that, but I cannot think of it at this, at this moment. Hmm. Imagine an animal dodging. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's okay. the idea i'm trying to evoke cornering like a snake in a rat hole 
Sorry, everyone. <laughs> I really just wanted to describe how I was envisioning this in my head. <laughs> this is the problem with podcasting, too. Because <laughs> I know I have to describe it. So anyway, yes, go oh, ahead. Oh, well, so that's so that's it for the earnings call. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then we're talking about the again. If you're if you're wondering what happened to that internal ethics watchdog, where there was good news or bad news, you'll find out right after this break. Well, uh, I hope you I hope you're grateful for the fact that Google has an internal ethics watchdog. Uh, they're called the Google the Responsible Innovation Team, known as Resin internally. Stop it! Uh, Stop. Really? Yes. <laughs> okay. Now I I I've, I've seen enough drug humor, like uh, on like Reno nine one one and other comedies, to know that resin might be associated with, uh, like drug paraphernalia, like well, I mar- mean, resin, the, the resin is used. No, resin is you. Oh, that kind of wow! That just shows you where I am now in life, because I was thinking of people using resin to make the little tchotchkes that they oh. sell on Etsy. That's nice. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> I saw I saw a video in which someone had like like uh, like ten of those huge huge like gallon sized bags of Haribo mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, gummy bears, and to my horror, he like encased them in a huge sheet of resin and made it into a coffee table mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. looked really yeah, cool. But like a big thing. But I would like I would if you given the, me the choice between that coffee table and the those six huge ten gallon bags of of, of, of Haribo uh, gummies, I would have taken the gummies. That that would have lasted okay. me a good long time. Anyway, uh, so uh, I hope you I hope you enjoy their work. I hope you're grateful for their work. Uh, their their job is to be. The, their... I was also laughing at the name, the responsible innovation team. Sure. I was kind of <laughs> laughing. I'm sorry. Um, so the there are people on the team, and they are Google's basically their compliance watchdog for Google's formally published AI principles. They review everything, uh, and they performed 500 reviews of different things last year, including, of course, Bard. Now, that might be in the past tense. We don't know. Uh, Wired has uh, sources that make us want to wonder about the future of that whole AI ethics compliance team at Google. Here's what they have. Uh, The leader of the team, uh, Jen Gnai, suddenly left that leadership role earlier this month. Uh, She's still working for Google, but she now appears to be on her way out of the company entirely. Uh, the uh, update to her LinkedIn page has changed from the leader of this team to consulting on AI ethics uh, topics. And Wired notes that this is this sort of thing has been seen before and someone who is on their way out. They're still employed, but there's also there's an exit that's been planned. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. More troublingly, Google has split up her team, leaving three, one, two, three of them where they are on the resin team. Uh, and moving the other 27 from Google's Office of Compliance and Integrity to the Trust and Safety team, which is a team that, like, we usually associate with, like, being the watchdogs of user behavior, not Google engineers' behavior when developing AI. Oh, I see what you were saying. Mm. So, uh, I mean, they reached out to Google for a statement. A spokesperson said that the staff will continue to do uh, the same, actually, the, the exact same work in a stronger context. The twenty-seven people have been moved, but they uh, they declined to explain actual details. Uh, I'm going to quote from the Wired article: um, "We have quote brought this particular responsible AI team to the center of our well-established trust and safety efforts, which are baked into our product reviews and plans." He says, "quote It will help us strengthen and scale our responsible innovation work across the company." Unquote. 
So, I mean, who knows? Uh, they, uh, the, the whole theme of this and most of the previous quarterly earnings calls have been we are trying to restructure teams and personnel so that they're doing what they need to do in the most efficient manner possible, which, of course, you, you always hear from management when they're laying off people and moving people from one division to another. On the other hand, one of those one of these restructuring was was Nest, where they basically said, mm-hmm, why are we that's right. Yeah, why, why are we having a team that's doing a fitness tracker and a team that's doing uh, the pixel watch? They shouldn't shouldn't they all be working on the same thing, which makes a lot of sense, even if it comes at the cost of people who are deemed to be redundant to the scheme. So to be fair, maybe this is part of the same and they just simply figured out that it's more efficient for us to do it this way or cost us less money for us to do it this way. But I don't, there's no reason that we should simply give them the benefit of the doubt about this, given how direct they've been apparently in quashing um, AI ethics compliance people who have the power and the urgency of raising red flags about uh, Google's AI developments. I know I I made that really dark joke earlier about DEI not being at the, you know, not being a priority, but I I'm just I'm feeling that that's those are, you know, these are the things that are going first. It's the ethics, it's it's these like these th- these are things that are going to be trimmed because they do not necessarily contribute to the overall ROI. And in the kind of economy, I know we keep talking about the economy, but this is a capitalist situation. The whole reason yeah. this exists is because Google plays this. This is the game that it is a part of. This is how it continues to function. So it's a little scary too, just seeing, you know, talking earlier with the mention of what's going on in Congress with uh, Meta and Twitter and just thinking about how late that is happening in the timeline of things and how late we will probably be to these sort of ethics. And I'm just thinking also too of like the whole thing with Taylor Swift this week. Taylor Swift and the and the AI stuff that's going on with her, where you can you can go look that up if you want to know. Um, I was just kind of thinking, oh my gosh, is this finally going to be the thing that gets people, gets every, gets the people to finally think about the fact that this is such a big thing that's coming for us? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, don't it's, know. it's 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 uh, I I've. Because Google wouldn't scale back on it if it was something yeah. they thought they couldn't. Yeah, that they would. You know what I mean? You know, it's if they. There's it, it falls in with my big bag of money theory about about medium to large scale businesses that like if there is a big bag of money on a table with a sign saying that here is a big bag of free money, it is not illegal to take this big bag of money. It is not illegal. That is what you that those are the highlighted. Yep. Yeah. then any company is going to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and take that big bag of money. And so you can say that they can, uh, any company, and I don't, I'm not restricting this to just Google, but Apple is the same. Microsoft is the same. Facebook is the same. They can, they can Mm -hmm. make a lot of really big talk about how they feel about how privacy is the most important thing to to anything. Like, well, yes, we're going to develop AI, but we're going to develop AI responsibly. As a matter of fact, we have a code of conduct that everything, all of our AI tools have to pass by. 
but it is not strictly illegal for them to do whatever the hell they want. And so anybody who is, I have to feel as though anybody who is on a team at Google who's who has the power and the responsibility to say, yeah, this new thing you're developing violates our stated and published and well-known principles, and therefore we can't move forward on it. There will be a spreadsheet, a, a Google Teams spreadsheet run to calculate how much will it cost? How much opportunity will we lose <laughs> by the, by by actually shutting down this this project that again violates ethical AI guidelines? And if it is not, and and if they're going to, if it if the opportunity is bigger than the disgrace they're going to have to face by saying, oh yeah, well we decided that it doesn't violate this for this that and that other reason, and also we fired three people for raising a stink about it, but no, we didn't actually fire them; they quit of their own accord. You know, money money is forever the the public disgrace. That's that's a news cycle. So they're going to take right. the, they're going to take the big bag of money. So hopefully they did. Hopefully this move is not intended to make the big bag of money easier to take. Yeah, yeah. Well, to wrap up on the, I, I put this in because I I just want an excuse to talk about the the, the temperature sensor on the Pixel Eight Pro. Uh, the, the which I still haven't previewed, by the way. Yeah. Um, while you talk, I'll see if maybe it it came through. Yeah, I mean it's it was the weirdest darn feature of the Pixel Eight. It, it, it Pixel Eight Pro when it was announced a few months ago. I think I think at the time I must have called it like a Samsung like feature, in which it's yes. like it seems like something that I don't know what what it's doing on a phone. I don't know how useful it is. It makes a good bullet item in a demo. Uh, at the time, they didn't say that it could be used for body temperature scanning. Oh, by the way, we're talking about like a it's an infrared module that's in part of the camera bar mm -hmm. so that you can basically wave the phone over something. It sort of projects a cone of temperature sensing over whatever you're passing it over, uh, and it will use use the magic of algorithms to figure out what the temperature of that thing is. Uh, so you got to you got to imagine that they were hoping to advertise it as a health feature, as something to actually take people's temperatures with. Uh, for body temperature scanning, uh, but they didn't get FDA approval to be able to advertise that as a feature. Uh, but apparently that came through because the, there's a new feature feature in the temperature app as part of the January feature drop that will let you actually validate and scan uh, people's foreheads to get their temperature. Um, you just point the rear camera at someone's forehead, you scan it across with the phone's uh, infrared temperature component, and Bob's your uncle. No contact, so that, which is A, a relief for a couple of reasons. A, because obviously you don't want to contaminate the device with someone who might be sick. Also, um, temperature sensing uh, of, of humans, that's generally associated with sticking something into an orifice, you know, be it an ear, under the tongue, mm -hmm. other mm -hmm. orifices. And that, mm -hmm. given the size of the Pixel A Pro particularly, that could be uh, rather cumbersome. So they, they, but I, I thought it was interesting that they yes. devoted a whole blog post to this, explaining proudly trumpeting that, hey, we can take people's temperatures with our phone now. Uh, the uh, in clinical trials, they're saying, quote, our software algorithm was able to calculate body temperature in the range of 96.9 degrees Fahrenheit to 104 degrees, holy crap, Fahrenheit, uh, to within plus or minus a third of a degree centigrade when compared to an FDA cleared temporal temporal artery thermometer in layman's terms. Thank you for dumbing us down for us. That's, you know, that's a lot of respect shown there, Google. Uh, this means the pixel body temperature feature is about as accurate as other temporal artery thermometers. 
And okay, I am stupid enough. That I did have to look up what the temporal artery, artery was. No, you are not stupid enough. First of all, a lot of people don't take anatomy yes. as part of the <laughs> core courses in the United States. Thank you very much. Continue. So if you if you can recall back way back when when people used to wear wired earbuds, uh, that wire going up uh, up the side of your neck and the back of your back of your ear uh, is the temporal artery. It continues up forward past the mm-hmm. temp- your, your the temples of your of your skull and a little bit uh, of over the top. So, okay, uh, that's okay. So that's all great. It's great. You, you put a lot of work into this. You know, you're proud of it. It's accurate. The FDA said it's cool to to, to say that this is for good, accurate for taking body temperatures. But again, I just wonder why. Like, have, did, have, have you even tried it? Like even before the, uh, the 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 body temperature feature got added to temperature sensing, I forgot how to get to it. I. I don't remember trying it for the review, I think, because I just I just felt it was really inconsequential to the device. Like this was not not something that you would be buying the device for. Mm. It's added temperature sensor. It felt very much like that Soli sensor that they put in a yeah. couple phones ago. And so I I'm also just sort of sour that all this stuff is happening post mm, post COVID news cycle. COVID's not over. Right. But it's like, okay, I have a temperature sensor on my phone. That's great. But I don't have an app where I can report a positive COVID case anymore because those stop being funded. (laughs) You know, I was just sort of thinking about it that way. What is that for? I guess it's it's a thing they're going to add to the camera, I bet. And they're just testing it out to see what they can do with it. And we're the guinea pigs. So, no, I'm not. That is not an added feature for the value. Yeah, does not does not added value there. When uh, the phone got the ability to like read your pulse, like by uh, by putting your fingertip over the camera lens, like that's that's also kind of a random thing because again, most people have that on their watches and they're not going to think, oh, I need to check my pulse. I'll take out my phone. Uh, but at least well, it was... and most people who are obsessed with checking their pulse, yeah, okay. they probably have a watch or right, right. or a heart rate monitor of some yeah. sort. Um, but but at least that was hey they they figured out something interesting to do with existing hardware a new, a new way to to like use the use the camera to do something interesting okay no that's that's not something to complain about they gave us something free that didn't cost us anything in terms of extra parts but this is like an actual like temperature sensor like an extra sensor that they put inside the camera bar that they so they had to develop it they had to build it they had to add to the cost of cost of materials. It, uh, I'm I'm sure it's not like it cost and it added forty dollars to the cost of the phone, but there's must be a reason why it's only on the pro and not on the eight nothing, where they where they really do have to get the price down to to a point that's acceptable. So I don't know. I, I, or room, or it's the yeah. room thing. Yeah, could also just be a room. Yeah, it just it just seems silly. And I, like I said, I can't get I can't get beyond the fact that usually the Pixel phones are really sensible devices. So it's it's hard to see a little bit. It's hard to it's hard to imagine the Pixel having clown shoes on at least for this for at least for this one thing. Yeah, especially when the the big get about the pro quote unquote models of the iPhone and the Samsung phones are the fact that they they have titanium builds. You know what I mean? Like there is nothing. I don't know. I don't know, Andy. I don't know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> we have we still have time to count I mean, would it be we still have time to compliment contemplate what like the pixel 8a is going to be like or if there's going to be a pixel 8a That's hopefully true. there will be so we'll see we'll see if, if this becomes part of a larger health strategy 
<laughs> we'll, we'll see if they, they've managed to sneak it onto the 8a if they do i hope they come up with a better reason for it to exist than, than exactly than what they do right now exactly i will well uh that's kind of that's that sounds like a show right now thank you very much uh, uh as always you can help support our show and everything on the relay fm network by becoming a member so head on over to relay.fm slash material to sign up and gain access to special members only episodes produced by all of relays contributors including us uh we've got a few topics that we're gonna be talking about this week for not necessarily technology related uh, oftentimes we use the we use this as a cool down sort of thing uh and you get to it's some of the most fun that we have over the course of an hour and a half or something so i hope we you're gonna enjoy it too in any event thank you very much for supporting us uh as we like to say we know that your most precious commodity is time because you can't make more of it. But those of us who can also support us with money, that's very, very, very much value to us. You don't know how much we value, we value uh, your member contributions, and we try to make make that gratitude shown in all of our members' episodes. Uh, so, Flo, I notice you have a lot. You, I, I like how you're staggering out the elements of your uh, of your Galaxy S24 review. You've got two or three more pieces this week. Yes. And then I have a couple more coming in next week. So I've been kind of enjoying this little like just kind of tearing apart the Galaxy S24 Ultra bit by bit. I'm getting it S24 Plus in soon. So I'm really excited to finally get to use the regular phones. So there's more, you know, I decided that this is the year that I'm just going to I'm just going to go all in. (laughs) Nice. Um. As for me, I've got, uh, I'm on NPR this week in Boston. Uh, by the time you record, you can go, by the time you uh, you uh, you listen to this, you'll be able to go to w- WGBHnews.org and hear me talk about various sundry, sundry topics. Um, I don't think there's actually any Google disasters on the docket this week, but eh, there's always next, there's always next time. Uh, and hit me up at uh, Anatko on most of the social medias. Hopefully Anatko.com will be up and running again. I'm hoping in the, within, within a month or two, but. For now, forget it. Just go to <laughs> go to most of the most of the more more popular uh, uh, social media apps, and you will be able to find what's what's triggering my what's triggering me on any given day. Uh, so that's going to be it for us for this week. Thanks so much for listening to us this time. We hope you're going to be with us again next week. But until then, we hope you all have a happy, safe, safe, and healthy seven days. Bye bye. Bye everyone. 